Shalom. We are so glad you're joining us on this episode of Our Hope. We created this podcast as a resource for followers of Yeshua, where they can learn more about Israel, the Bible, and the Jewish community. Together, we discuss Messianic apologetics, dive into Scripture, and hear stories from Jewish believers in Jesus. If you've enjoyed our podcast series, please consider supporting us at ourhopepodcast.com support. You could also help us by sharing this podcast on social media, talking about it with your friends and family, or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. We are so grateful for you, and we hope this episode of Our Hope is both enlightening and encouraging. Welcome to Our Hope, a production of Chosen People Ministries. For thousands of years, Jewish people have struggled to survive and maintain their identity. From the Roman Empire, to the Spanish Inquisition, to the Holocaust, it seems that in each century, there have always been tragic events threatening the livelihood of God's chosen people. Tisha B'Av, or the 9th of Av, is a day on the Jewish calendar which commemorates many of the horrific events Jewish people have endured. And it is a somber day of fasting and mourning. How should we, as believers in Jesus, respond to this holiday, knowing that God still has a plan of redemption for the Jewish people? To help us answer this question, we have Dr. Daryl Bach, who will help us understand the significance of Tisha B'Av and how we as believers can view it in light of the Messiah. Dr. Bach, welcome to Our Hope. Oh, it's my pleasure to be with you. Dr. Daryl Bach is Senior Research Professor of New Testament Studies at Dallas Theological Seminary and Executive Director of Cultural Engagement at the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. So I always ask a guest about food. <laughs> if you're listening, just expect this question. I'm always going to ask this. Dr. Bach is in Texas, the state of barbecue. My favorite. I love barbecue. Uh, so, Dr. Bach, tell us, what is your favorite dish? Oh, man, that's hard. I mean, yeah, when I get in a line for lunch, I'm either going for the chopped beef sandwich and it's beef. It's not pork. Yeah. And then uh, it's very Jewish, actually. <laughs> and then and then uh, and then I love a rib plate, too. And I'll have coleslaw on the side. And then at the place that I like to go to, they have ice cream at the end, mm. which at this time of year is very important because <laughs> it's hot in Texas. Oh, so yeah. getting ice cream is very, very, very important. So, yeah. So, but that's my barbecue of choice. And you can virtually go on any block in Texas and find a barbecue place that's worth eating at. That is correct. I remember when I went to Austin, I stood online for about seven hours 
uh, for Franklin's Barbecue, the best oh, wow. brisket in the country. Well, I can't yeah. I can't say the best brisket in the country because I haven't tasted every brisket, but just on that block was, of Austin, <laughs> just on that block of Austin. <laughs> no, but this guy, he he's famous for his brisket, and that was a very special experience. And next time in Austin, I will bring a I'll buy a beach chair at the Costco and <laughs> sit there for another seven hours. <laughs> There you go. That was great. Well, thank you so much for for joining us on this podcast. Uh, we're very excited to have you because you're the first uh, person, first guest who is not part of the staff. I mean, you are always part of our conferences. You're a board member. Um, so you're very involved with chosen people. But um, the fact that you are not staff is is really special. So, well, what, what can I say? I'm, I'm glad you let this outsider in. I mean, you know, it's really, really cool. <laughs> it's great. So. Today's episode is about Tisha B'Av. It's a holiday, but it's not very festive. It's a day of uh, fasting and mourning. It's it's about tragedy. Could you tell us why this is on the Hebrew calendar? Well, before we change moods, let me just make the observation. That it's really strange that you asked me a food question before we talk about fasting. So that's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so we're so we're already we're already shifting gears. But it really is a very serious holiday. It, uh, it comes on the ninth day of the month of Av. It is a day of fasting, as you noted. It's considered to be the most tragic and mournful day on the Hebrew calendar, and it normally falls somewhere in July or August on the calendar that most of us are used to. And it celebrates a string of disastrous events throughout Jewish history. So it really is, if you've ever been in the synagogue where you've seen the service and there's a day, there's a time to remember the dead, to remember, remember is very big right. in Judaism. Um, this is a day of remembrance, and it's a remembrance for all the difficult kind of corporate experiences that Jews have been through in their history, running from Bar Kokhba uh, back in 135 AD mm -hmm. all the way into the Second World War. So just a huge array of different kinds of recollections about particularly hard days that the nation has been through. And how did this begin? Uh, what are some, what, were, what were some of the significant events that basically launched this day of mourning and remembrance? Well, maybe the better way to do this is to talk about just the array of events that were that are commemorated in the in the holiday. But sure. it goes back to Solomon's Temple being um, destroyed by the Babylons by the Babylonians in 586 BC. Right. Uh, the Second Temple destruction by the Romans in AD 70. The Bar Kokhba revolt in 135 AD. Can you explain for maybe any listeners who don't know what that is? The Bar Kokhba revolt was, well, um, you know, Israel had already uh, revolted against Rome that led to the destruction of the temple in AD 70. And then there was kind of a, a well, we didn't do it the first time. Let's try again. And so the second revolt was is known as the Bar Kokhba revolt. Wow. And it was put down uh, finally in AD 135. And so... Uh, so it was just another Jewish rebellion against Rome uh, and uh, really led to the um, dislocation uh, of Jews as a result uh, from the land. Right. So that was a significant, uh, significant revolt and a significant 
uh, event in, in Israel's history. Then you have the First Crusade in 1096, which had over 10,000 Jewish deaths. Right. You had Jewish people expelled from England at various points in 1290 in France from 1306 in Spain for 1492. You know, most people think the Holocaust is a kind of a recent example of anti-Semitism, but there really was a long history, a litany of events, right. uh, which this day um, uh, commemorates is probably even the night, right word, recalls uh, with fasting as a result. Germany entered World War I on this day in 1914, uh, and then the final solution in 1941 was approved by Nazis, and in 1942, there was a mass deportation of Jewish people held in the Warsaw Ghetto to the death camp in Treblinka. So there, there's a huge array of events, uh, one after another, that this day is designed to recall. And, um, you know, it's common in Judaism to say, never forget. Right. And this, this is what uh, allows you to never forget is to spend the day fasting, which means no food and, and recalling uh, all this corporate suffering that uh, the Jews have been through in their history. So why are these events such horrific atrocities in the hearts and minds of the Jewish community? Well, I mean, think about it. They, they represent uh, real national tragedies. Um, I guess the analogy would be, think about a stack of 9-11s mm. and, uh, and, and the trauma that that put people through. Right. And just think about that happening repeatedly on a fairly regular basis, and you have a sense of what this day is all about. How does the religious Jewish community observe this day today? Well, as we've said, it's a day of fasting, and again, just to be sure, the way it gets covered is, uh, it, and it's accompanied with mourning and, and prayer and reflection, and it's 25 hours of not eating or drinking. I, I'm, I'm assuming that, uh, that the, the 25 hours is just to be sure you get the day covered. <laughs> and uh, uh, so there's no eating, no drinking, there's no washing or bathing, there's no marital relations. I mean, everything about the day is very, very low-key. Uh, another element of the day, uh, Abe, is there are intense prayers that are recited, taking a posture of humility, sitting or lying down on the, f on the floor, uh, representing the, the mourning uh, of attitude and reflection that it is supposed to uh, reflect. It, it's almost like, and, and this will sound bleak, but it's almost like a day of national death, mm. um, you know, where you're reflecting on the immense amount of lost life uh, that has happened on this day across history. Uh, and again, it is a time to remember and recall. Uh, it also includes reading through the Book of Lamentations, uh, which of course is uh, the lament that, that fell over the nation when the Babylonians did overrun Jerusalem. Right. And it represents a crying out to God. So it is very much uh, in the mood of lament psalms. For those of you who are familiar with the Psalter, where you cry out to God, and in many cases you're crying out in pain on the one hand, but you're also pleading for justice on the other, and that God would vindicate uh, the injustice that the suffering represents. It's amazing to me that the Jewish community, uh, they spend 25 hours for one day doing this. And this happens throughout the entire world. So literally, 
when you think about the time zones, when you think about, you know, where they're scattered throughout the earth. So this day of mourning is literally covering the earth just for Jewish community around the world. Exactly. And I, and again, I'm just searching for the kinds of analogies that one might have to think about right. this. Uh, when you think about the way in which New Year's gets celebrated around the world now, completely different tone, yeah. but the idea of, of it actually running with, uh, with the sunrise around the world mm -hmm. gradually, hour by hour, time zone by time, time zone, covering the earth. And actually, in terms of that length, uh, it runs... You know, it, it runs uh, around the globe as the globe rotates uh, around the sun. Um, that's that's what you're having. It's it's a moving, it's a moving holiday. Not only in in the emotions that are involved, but in the way in which it's celebrated as you move from time zone to time zone. Right. So, as Gentile believers, how can we remember this day? How can we remember the Jewish people? How is it significant for us today? Well, uh, the first thing is to be aware of the day. Uh, my guess is that most Gentiles don't even know this is a holiday. Right. And uh, they, uh, th I mean, they might know about Hanukkah. They might know about Passover. They might know about the Day of Atonement, some of the major feasts they might have some awareness of. But my guess is that most people don't even know this is on the Jewish calendar, which actually is a reflection of part of the problem because part of the problem has been the way in which the world has pushed back on Jewish people and has uh, led to their suffering in one way or another. Right. And to be unaware of this is, you know, is a reflection of that lack of knowledge. So the first thing is to be aware that the day exists. And then the second thing is to um, appreciate what it represents for a Jewish person uh, when when a Jewish person in effect disappears on this day mm -hmm. um, uh, in order to mourn, to appreciate that, and then the third thing might be to extend uh, a note of sympathy, uh, an understanding that connects with what it is that the day represents. You may not be able to do that on the day in which this is being observed, right. but certainly around the days in which this is being observed. To be aware of this and communicate it uh, would communicate a level of sensitivity to a Jewish person that actually might surprise them. One that you even know about the holiday, and two that you're actually aware of what it what it is um, commemorating. You may have heard. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. That is why we are offering Never Again, a collection of stories detailing the bravery and grace of those who lived during the most well-known anti-Semitic tragedy, the Holocaust. Get your copy at 20% off at store.chosenpeople.com and don't forget to get one for a friend. Yeah, that's very powerful um, because uh, this day is actually 
about what Gentiles did to the Jewish people. <laughs> That's right. So exactly. As a Gentile, and as we've heard, we heard a couple of weeks ago uh, with Olivier in that podcast, um, we we carry baggage when we are talking to our Jewish friends and we're sharing the gospel with them. There, there's a baggage of anti-Semitism. There's baggage of all the things that uh, Christians have done to the Jewish people, um, or you know, just blanket statement. But you know what I mean. And so just approaching them and acknowledging, you know, hey, I know this day is coming up and just want to remember you today. It's it's a simple gesture. It is a very simple gesture. It's a profound gesture. And it also indicates a sense of sympathy, sensitivity and awareness. And it also is a stereotype crasher. Yeah. Uh, because, because what they're expecting is more a hostility or a lack of understanding or a lack of knowledge. So when you display that you have some awareness of their calendar, of their life cycle, of, of the things that they might be contemplating, not just individually, but as a community, uh, that, that communicates a level of sensitivity and awareness that probably would catch many Jewish people by surprise. And, and as a result, might open the door for other kinds of conversations. You might even get a response about, how did you hear about this holiday? Or how do you even know about it? That kind of thing that could generate a conversation. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for that. So in regards to this holiday, um, I, I feel weird even calling it a holiday. But how does this particular day reveal the Messiah to us? Well, I, I think that what it shows is how uh, fallen and needy the world is at one level. In other words, you know, this kind of corporate suffering that one group of people puts on another group of people, which is something we're not unfamiliar with. I mean, you know, whenever you think about what's going on these days in other areas and involving other groups, it's not hard to understand. But it shows the level and depth of uh, of really the animosity that exists between people when sin is so prevalent in the heart. And so, and the reversal of this uh, is represented in the Messianic hope, what it is that Jesus has done, mm -hmm. what he has come to deal with. He's come to deal with sin. God will one day reverse the effects, not just of sin in general, which of course is what we normally hear about in church, right. but also the effects of Israel's uh, national sins and the sins perpetrated against Israel. He's going to regather his people into the land. He's going to restore uh, Jerusalem to the people in fullness. He's going to rebuild a temple of praise. There's going to be a place to worship God. And this is going to be done not just by the nation of Israel, but by a reconciled group of people, Israel and the nation. So there's a whole reconciliation and a whole reversal of what this holiday represents that comes with the Messiah. You know, I don't know if there'll be another day that'll be the exact reverse where you don't mourn, but you celebrate endlessly uh, the victory that that represents. But certainly the Messiah is going to take up his place as king. He's going to rule and reign on his throne in Jerusalem. The call for justice that is involved in Lamentations and in the morning is also uh, a part of, of what's going on here. Um, there is a real prophetic reversal 
in what takes place. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, Psalm 24, 7, lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Mm -hmm. And not only is the King of glory going to come in, but we're going to celebrate with him the reversal of what all this represents. And this comes only with the return of King Messiah, Yeshua of Nazareth. And, and that will represent God's answer to and response to this suffering uh, that that has come and that is commemorated on this day. So everything will be reversed, part of a much larger theme involving many other groups in Scripture. When we think about uh, some of what the New Testament has to say about the way in which the poor will be lifted up and the people on the fringe will become a part of the community, this is, this is a part of that story. Then it can truly be never again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, when, when, uh, when the Messiah comes back and and we're established in His presence, we're all worshiping together. People of various tribes and various nations, including uh, many people from Israel, side by side, locking arms, rejoicing in the presence of God. Um, yeah, never again. Dr. Bach, do you have any other uh, last thoughts you would like to leave with the listeners in relating to Tishat Bhav? Well, I, I think, yeah, I do. I, I think that oftentimes in our world, when we think so individualistically, uh, we we think about, you know, how God relates to me personally and that kind of thing, which is certainly the emphasis that Western culture puts on people. Right. And it's something that we absorb almost like we breathe air. <laughs> yeah. It's sometimes very, very um, hard for us to appreciate or recall or feel connected uh, to other people as, gr as a group, mm -hmm. you know, what they've been through as a corporate entity. Um, and so, I think the reminder of this corporate connection and this corporate suffering that is represented in this holiday is very, very important to appreciate and to to draw in. And it really does contrast with the way we normally think about things. You know, when we're forced to think about others and what they have gone through, particularly when their experience is very different than our own, we actually broaden ourselves in our own sensitivities and our own way of going through life. It's, it's one way that God uses to turn the arrow which oftentimes is directed in our own thinking towards ourselves and is pointing you know at us and pushing that arrow in a direction that says I'm going to care about others and that walks right into the great commandments of scripture which is to love God with all your heart mind soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself that's an arrow that's moving outwards and so these corporate dimensions of reflection and worship and connection that particularly when they ask us to move outside our own circle um, uh, are really instructive for what it means to be a sensitive Christian. Dr. Bach, thank you so much for joining us. This was very insightful, and I know our listeners are going to take this day, uh, remember it, and um, actually have something tangible to do with it um, when they're speaking with their Jewish friends. So thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. We 
know that God has not and will not forget his chosen people, no matter how bad it may look to the outside world. In Yeshua, and only in Yeshua, is there hope in the aftermath of tragedy. We know when he returns, all Israel will be saved, and he will reign from Jerusalem. God's chosen people have lived under a constant threat of extinction, but God has preserved them. He will always be faithful to the covenant he made with Abraham. Next week, Dr. Rich Freeman will return for a discussion about God's plan and purposes for the Jewish people. This will be a hope-filled episode for Jew and Gentile alike, and we hope you will join us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today's episode was made thanks to Dr. Mitch Glazer, Dr. Daryl Bach, Nicole Vaca, Grace Swee, Kyron Bautista, Deirdre Blumenthal, and Robert Walter. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Our Hope. If you like our show and want to know more, check out ourhopepodcast.com or chosenpeople.com. See you next time.